Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. So when my best buddy Grant and me were 17 years old, we discovered a band. The band's name was U2. And I know you're looking at me right now going, wait a minute, Mike, like U2 is the biggest band in the world for like 10 years. Yeah, but before that, right? So back when U2 was like pretty big in Europe, but not many people in North America had heard of U2, Grant and I discovered them. Now, the truth is there was probably a lot of people in North America listening, but anyways, we just said that we discovered you too, okay? So that's how it happened. And our favorite album back then was an album called War. And the last song on that album was a song called 40. And it was kind of interesting because as far as we knew, U2 was in no way a Christian band. And yet this song called 40 talked clearly about God, but we liked it anyways. You know, and so it was kind of funny. We'd be driving on our way to break like several commandments and we'd be blasting this song called 40, singing at the top of our lungs. And so one day we decided to figure out where does this song called 40 come from? And what we found out is that 40 wasn't written by any of the members of U2. It was actually written by someone way more famous about 3,000 years earlier. That there was this shepherd boy who kind of made a name for himself by killing a giant named Goliath. And later he became king of the nation of Israel. His name was David. You've probably heard of him. And he wrote this song and it got placed in the Bible in the book of Psalms chapter, you guessed it, 40. And this is what it says. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You know what's funny is after I read that psalm, that song called 40 meant more to me. It was like a deeper level of inspiration, a deeper level of hope. And so what I wanted to do as we kind of launched into this series called More, I wanted to start with this song called 40. Because I really believe it talks about our DNA. It talks about our vision and it talks about the way that God is using us to change the world. Sing this song 
So just about two years ago now, we launched into this expanded vision called More. What we said is that we want to bring more help, more home, more hope to this city and to this world. And man, did we ever. But we had no idea what the following 24 months was going to look like. In fact, I would suggest to you that those three H's, help, home, and hope, They were kind of like a true north for us. In the middle of storm tossed and uncertain days, we kept looking at those three H's, help, home, and hope. And they kept leading us to exactly where we needed to be as individuals and as a church. And so I thought as we launched into this series called More, four weeks long, we're going to bring it all the way up to May 2nd, which is going to be the two-year mark, the end of this expanded vision. I really wanted to really dig deep into that concept. What does it mean to bring more help, more home, more hope to our city and to our world? And we talk a lot about that in the weeks to come. But what I want to do starting today is I want to kind of attack this from a slightly different angle. I want to talk about the four C's. Okay. So so don't get me wrong. Those three H's help, home and hope. Those are going to be a part of Southside vernacular moving forward. But I, I want to look at that concept from a slightly different angle. So I want to talk about the four C's starting today. And the first C is Christ. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is the answer to your deepest questions. He is the fulfillment of your deepest longings. He's the more that you've been looking for. You might not know it, but you've been waiting for him. I want to go back to Psalm 40. It says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. See, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's the answer to your deepest questions. He's the one that you've been waiting for, even if you didn't know it. And he's the fulfillment to your deepest longing. For me, man, I can remember that. I remember as a teenager and as a young man, the longings that I had inside of me. If you would have asked me at that time, man, what are you looking for, Mike? What do you really want? I probably wouldn't have been able to spell it out for you, but looking back now, I think I can. This is what I wanted. I wanted to matter. I wanted to be courageous. I wanted to be valuable. I wanted to be recognized. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to be validated. And I wanted to do it myself. So I set about in those years, trying with everything I had inside of me to matter to be courageous, to be valuable, to be recognized, to be respected, to be validated myself. And if you would have looked at me in those years, you would have said, Mike, your behavior is completely insane. And you probably would have been right. But the logic behind what I was doing wasn't actually insane at all. My motivation was very clear. What I wanted more than anything else is I wanted to matter. I wanted to be courageous. I wanted to be valuable. I wanted to be recognized 
and respected and validated. That's what I wanted. That was my motivation. Now, the way it manifested in my behavior was sort of insane. So I went through a phase in my life that if somebody would have looked at me and said, man, no sane person would ever do that. For some reason, that made me really, really want to do it. And so I went through that time when I was going places that I never should have gone. I was doing things that I never should have done. I was ingesting things that I shouldn't have ingested. I was getting in fights all the time and I was fighting people that I never should have fought. And where I ended up is I ended up in the slimy pit of self-validation. The slimy pit of self-validation. And what I found is that that slimy pit of self-validation is actually quicksand. Because the harder you try, the more you strive, the more you strain, the more you work to get out of that pit and to find all those things that you're longing for, the deeper that you sink. And the more you end up in the mud and the mire. And what was the mud and mire for me? Man, what was I looking for? I was looking to matter. I was looking to be courageous. I was looking to be valuable. I was looking to be recognized, respected, and validated. And what did I end up? I ended up in the mud and mire, which for me was loneliness, insecurity, anger, and fear. And the harder I struggled, and the more I strived, the deeper I got into the slimy pit of self-validation. Until one day, in the middle of the night, in the middle of January, in the middle of Red Deer, Alberta, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, showed up. You know, now that I think about it, that's probably the wrong way to put it. In the middle of the night, in the middle of January, in the middle of Red Deer, Alberta, I finally lifted my gaze. And here's what I saw. I saw that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had been there all along. And he was standing on the solid rock of salvation. And he was extending his hand to me as he always had been. And all I needed to do in that moment was lift my gaze and take his hand. And he lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire, and he put my feet on solid ground, the solid rock of salvation. He did for me what I never, ever could have done for myself. And as I tell that story, here's what I know. You can relate. Like maybe for you, you are still in the slimy pit of self-validation. You have deep, deep longings that you want to fulfill through your own efforts. I don't exactly know what they look like for you. For me, I wanted to matter. I wanted to be courageous and valuable and recognized and respected and validated. Maybe yours are a little bit different, but I bet they're pretty similar. And maybe the way that manifests in your behavior isn't nearly as insane as it was for me. But here's what I think. You're probably getting to the point in your life where you're realizing that this slimy pit of self-validation, trying to fulfill those longings on your own, it's like quicksand. The more you strain and the more you struggle and the more you work for it on your own, the deeper you sink into the mud and the mire. And for me, the mud and the mire was loneliness, insecurity, anger, and fear. I don't know exactly what yours look like. I just know that more than anything else in this sermon, my goal for you is this, that somewhere in this sermon, I would convince you to lift your gaze. And what you're going to see is you're going to see that Jesus is standing there on the solid rock of salvation. He's always been there and he's extending his hand and all you need to do is take it and he'll lift you out of that slimy pit and put your feet on the solid rock of salvation. And I'm going to give you the chance to do that in just a few minutes. Now, others of you, 
you can relate to my story because you remember that moment. You remember the moment when you lifted your gaze and you saw that Jesus had been there all along and his hand was extended and all you had to do was take it and he lifted you out of that slimy pit of self-validation. He lifted you out of the mud and the mire and you're not perfect by any means, but the one thing that you always are is you are always grateful. I know I am. It's funny because every once in a while I forget it. And then I stop for a second and I remember what it was like to be in the slimy pit of self-validation. I remember what it was like to strain and to struggle and to work. And the harder I worked, the quicker I sank into the mud and the mire. And I'm reminded again that Jesus did for me what I never could have done for myself. And so me and you, we're just grateful. We waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Jesus Christ, the son of God, specializes in making old things new. Second Corinthians 5.17 says it this way. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Jesus loves to make old things new. He loves to make lost things found. He loves to take ashes and turn them into something beautiful. And here's what he does to you and me. He lifts us up of the slimy pit and he puts us on the solid rock of salvation. Then he slowly but surely begins to change us from the inside out. He gives us a new song to sing. Now, I don't know exactly what the lyrics are, but I think it goes something like this. I am patient, I am kind. I don't envy and I don't boast. I'm not rude, proud, or self-seeking. I'm not easily angered and I keep no record of wrong. I always protect always trust, always hope, and always persevere. I know we say it's not that catchy, but it's so beautiful. I'm patient, I'm kind. I don't envy and I don't boast. I'm not rude, proud, or self-seeking. I'm not easily angered and I keep no record of wrong. I always protect, always trust, always hope, and always persevere. It might not be that catchy, but isn't it beautiful that Jesus lifts us out of that slimy put pit and he puts our feet on solid ground. He changes us and he gives us a new song to sing. And here's what's absolutely crazy. That as we become more patient, as we become more kind, as we become more selfless, as we become more forgiving, as we become more hopeful along the way, what we find is we find everything that we were looking for in the slimy pit. We find truth. We find hope. We find strength. We find joy. We find purpose that we've been longing for our whole lives. We find a life worth living on the solid rock of salvation. He did for us what we never could have done for ourselves. And then he gave us a new song to sing. Psalm 40 continues. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Isn't that amazing? That he gives you and me a new song to sing. One of the ways that we say it around here at Southside, we say, that God changes us and then he uses changed us to change the world. God changes you and uses changed you to change the world. Another, another way to say that would be this, that God changes history one life, one story at a time. And man, have we ever seen that play out at Southside Church. We saw it play out when we were meeting at Vetter Elementary School in their little tiny gym. We saw it play out at Sardis 
secondary school. We saw it one summer when we had to move to the cultural center. We saw it at Old Drive at the hangar, and now we're seeing this new facility. Right now, there's only a message that can go out, but one day, not too long from now, people are going to be actually walking in also. And here's what we're going to see over and over and over again. God's going to change us, and he's going to use changed us to change the world. Isn't that incredible? He gives us a new song to sing. I am patient, I am kind, I don't envy and I don't boast. I'm not rude, proud, or self-seeking, not easily angered, I keep no record of wrong. I always protect, always trust, always hope, and always persevere. And as I sing that new song with my life, you know what happens? And this is so incredible. I don't draw attention to me. What happens is I encourage other people to do what? To lift their gaze. And what they see is they see a savior named Jesus Christ who has been there all along. His hand extended into the slimy pit of self-validation. And all we need to do is lift our gaze and take his hand and everything, everything changes. So let's review. I was in the slimy pit of self-validation. And the harder I struggled, the more I sunk into the mud and the mire of insecurity, loneliness, anger, and fear. Until one day I lifted my gaze and I saw that Jesus had been there all along. He lifted me out of that slimy pit and he put my feet on the solid rock of salvation. He began to change me. He gave me a new song to sing. And as I sang that new song with my life, what I've been realizing is that when I sing my song, the song that God has given me to sing, that others see him in me. They lift their gaze They take his hand and they too are saved. That's us. That's who we are. That's our DNA. That's our vision. That's how we're changing the world. So there's a few things that you'll notice about this church because of that. I I would say it's the three R's. Number one, we are real. The first R is this, we are real. We don't pretend to be anyone we're not. You know, it's interesting because the story of Psalm 40 is so powerful, isn't it? That we were in the slimy pit of self-validation and and, and Jesus did for us what we never could have done for ourselves. He lifted us out of that pit and he put our feet on solid ground. But there's something really interesting that happens to people if they spend too much time in a certain kind of church. They start to change the story. They start to slip back into self-validation because their story starts to sound a little bit like this. Their story says, um... Yeah, no I, was, no, I was walking down a path in the forest and there was a lot of slimy pits of self-validation, but I'm very spry and very agile. So I managed to avoid every one of them until in one moment I bumped into Jesus and Jesus looked at me and said, you're an incredible navigator. Would you like to be on my team? And ever since then, I've been walking with Jesus. But that's not true. That's not how it happened. Or maybe we change the story and it sounds a little bit like this. Yes, 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 yes. There was a moment when I was in the slimy pit. I was in the mud and the mire and and Jesus lifted me up and he put my feet on solid ground. And ever since then, honestly, it's been clear sailing. Easy breezy. I've been doing great all on my own. But that's not true. That's not true because I know something about you and the same thing is true for me. I need Jesus as much today as I've ever needed him. 
He did for me what I couldn't have done on my own. He does for me what I could never do on my own. Every day he sets my feet on the solid rock of salvation. Every day he gives me purpose and strength and joy and a life worth living. And the problem is this, when you start to change the narrative, when you start to change the story, there are people in the world and they are drowning in the slimy pit of self-validation. They're in the mud and they're in the mire. And when you change the story, you let them know, I'm not worth saving. Jesus could never rescue me. So you better believe we are real. That's the first star. Second, we are relational. We know this, that we can only be saved. We can only be lifted out of the slimy pit with our feet on solid ground through a relationship with God's son, Jesus Christ. We are relational. In other words, we reject religion because religion is a lie and it's evil. Religion changes the story of Psalm 40. Religion says this, I was in the slimy pit of self-validation And I lifted my gaze and I saw Jesus standing there with his arms folded. And he looked at me and he said, you need to try a little harder. You need to struggle a little bit more. You need to get out of that pit on your own. And I did. And now I've taken my place standing right beside Jesus. And I too have my arms folded. And I stand here and I look at you as you struggle in a slimy pit in the mud and the mire. And I say, you need to try harder. And if you get out of that slimy pit on your own, you can hang out with me. Well, that's a lie. The reason why Jesus is there, the reason why Jesus has his arm extended, the reason why Jesus came into human history, lived, died, and rose again was because he had to do for you what you could never have done for yourself. He lifted you out of that pit. He lifted me out of that pit. And we are never going to fall into the lie of religion. We are relational. Jesus did for me. Jesus did for you what I could never have done on my own, what you could never have done on your own. So we are eternally grateful. So number one, we're real. Number two, we're relational. And number three, we are relentless. What a life we live. What a purpose we have. Can you believe it? We get to sing a new song. And as we sing that song, we're not drawing attention to ourselves. We're encouraging people to lift their gaze and see that there's a Jesus who has been there all along with his hand extended and all they need to do is take it and he can save them. And we get to do that. It's incredible. So we're relentless. We'll do anything to have, any, to have somebody lift their gaze. We'll do anything to have someone take his hand. We preach and we sing. We give and we give some more. We serve and we serve some more. We help and we help some more. We preach again, we sing again, we serve again, we help again, we give again, we sing, we preach, we preach again. We tell the story of the middle of the night, of the middle of January, in the middle of Red Deer, Alberta, 15 times if we have to, because maybe someone won't get it until time 15. We're relentless. We're relentless. And we will not stop. Disappointment won't stop us. Adversity won't stop us. Opposition won't stop us because we're eternally grateful. And we remember that our Savior Jesus walked all the way to Calvary where he gave his life for you and for me. And opposition didn't stop him. 
Discouragement didn't stop him and adversity didn't stop him. So you had better believe that we are relentless. You wanna know what our DNA is? What our vision is? You wanna know how we think God's using us to change the world? Here's how it goes. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. That's who we are. And I love it. So just as I close, I want to ask you, how are you doing today? I wonder if you're finding yourself in a place that so many of us have found ourselves in that slimy pit of self-validation. We're, we're, we're trying to meet our deepest needs through our own efforts. And we find sometimes that the harder we try, the more that we sink into the mud and the mire. And here's what I want you to do right now. I want to ask you, I want to implore you, I want to beg you for a moment just to lift your gaze. You don't have to do this on your own. And I think somewhere deep down inside, you know that. There's a savior and his name is Jesus. And he didn't just show up today. He's been there all along and his hand is extended. And all you need to do right now is lift your gaze and take his hand and he will do for you what you could never do on your own. It's a big moment. I really believe that no matter where you are, no matter when you are listening to this, this is your moment. He wants to lift you out of that slimy pit and put your feet on the solid rock of salvation, strength, purpose, joy, a life worth living. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And basically all it is, is it's taking that hand that he has been extending to you from the very, very beginning, accepting that gift that he bought for you through his death and resurrection. So if you've never prayed this prayer before, I just ask you to join me as I pray. So dear Jesus, thank you. Today I take your hand. Please save me. Thank you that you died and you rose again to accomplish just that. So today, Jesus, I ask that you would forgive my sins and give me a fresh start right now. That I would step into the life that you created me to live today, tomorrow, and forever. Thank you for doing for me what I could never, ever have done on my own. I love you. In your name, amen. Amen. And if you just prayed that for the first time, I am so stoked. So I just want you to do me a big favor. Could you please text the keyword life, L-I-F-E, to our number, 604-670-3040. We don't want to stalk you. We just want to support you. That's the way this Christian life is lived. And hey, for the rest of you, I'm loving this series. It's going to be amazing. The four C's. Today was Christ. Next week, we're going to talk about connection. And you honestly are not going to want to miss it. I love you guys a lot. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.